0: First Peter 5, verse 5 to verse 9. Responsively, I shall begin with verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time casting all your care upon him for he careth for you be sober be vigilant because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour last verse together please whom resist steadfast in the faith Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Amen May God bless us in the reading of his most holy and sacred word One of the most wonderful blessing is to have brothers and sisters in Christ in our lives when the disciples said to the lord jesus christ we have given up everything to follow you we have left our homes we have left our families we have left our parents we have left our jobs what do we get in return and the lord said you will have a hundredfold brothers sisters mothers a hundredfold the family of god the church has always been a a very important and significant integral part of a believer's life that has always been God's intention, design When you look at the history of the Bible before there was the national witness what was the witness of God like on earth by God's people? And so when we look at the lives of Job, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob You realise that from the time of the fall, God used godly families Even before and after Noah's flood, godly families They became the little pockets of bright light sprinkled all over the world Where in every godly home, Jesus Christ is head And wherever they are located, they will impact their surrounding neighbours And then when God decided to change that form of witness He founded the nation of Israel which He designed He did not take a Gentile nation and then add it and alter it and make it His own Because every Gentile nation was idolatrous in its origin And that's no different Every nation today is the same and so God had to design His own nation because He knows that when the Lord Jesus Christ appear on earth at His first coming, He cannot be without a nation He cannot be born to a lady, we know it will be the Virgin Mary, and be without a nation, without a city, without a home And so God had intended Jesus to be born an Israelite from the tribe of Judah, a Jew and so God designed His own nation, started with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob And God called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. And God took hundreds of years to turn 75 souls into more than 2 million at least When He brought them out of Egypt And so the nation of Israel was born And so instead of sprinkling the earth with many tiny little lights God now consolidated it into one big gigantic light the nation of Israel was a nation where everything was ordained by God from how they ate how they dressed how they farmed how they were to rejoice and celebrate their holy days their holy feasts and how to worship God how to relate to each other the civil law anchored and based upon the ten commandments The Levitical law given to them by God to help them reconcile their broken relationship and fellowship with God when they break the Ten Commandments And so God gave them a wonderful national witness as their system to show to the world that God loved them in Christ Jesus But we know that when Israel rejected the Messiah Jesus of Nazareth as the Christ, the Messiah God cannot use such a nation anymore In the past, Israel had rejected the messenger of God but they did not reject the message that is Christ God could still use them But at the end of Christ's life, upon their rejection even though they had a few hundred who believed in Christ at his ascension and then that number increased after the first message in Pentecost to 3,000 and then another message added another 5,000 but the majority of the Israelites they did not want Jesus of Nazareth to be the Messiah till today and so God replaced them with a church witness a church witness is something I call a hybrid of the home witness and the national witness now when you look at the church witness do you not see a hybrid? We had the home witness and then replaced by the nation of israel the national witness where everyone congregate together in one piece of land in one place look at the church witness every lord's day you congregate together in one place similar to the church of course in terms of size we are much smaller but then from monday to saturday you go back to your own home you are like the home witness again isn't that a form of hybrid of the first two version of the witnesses that God had designed for humanity and that means your church life is a very important part of your life and so when you share your lives together even though you all come from very different backgrounds with different upbringings and different personalities We are all united because as a child of god we all have been given the mind of christ that is the only unity you and i know that even in a home of four people they do not have unity because the father goes one way the mother goes another way sons and daughters as they grow older and older they all will think differently because the world will impact each and every individual very differently even though they may share the same name live under the same roof that's why you know that during this pandemic when we were all housebound in Singapore at least the newspaper shared with us or newspaper reported that home violence, home problems have increased how many fold? I do not know because fathers used to go to work, mothers stay home, look after children, children go to school but now all four of them stay home together and you know that HDB houses are not big we do not have a compound where we can go out and send our children to play in the garden there is no garden and so now your children stay home 24 7 Mothers stay home fathers stay home and uh, they were at loggerheads home violence squabble angry four individuals grew up together or at least the children grew up with the parents and they cannot get along because each and every one of them had their own mindset but in the church because of the mercies and grace of God thank God that God when He saved us He did not just simply make us children of God allowing us to retain our own individual mindset and thinking and belief if that had been the case it would be disastrous the church witness would fail from the very onset if God had not given to all of us the mind of Christ you see when god formed the nation of israel we know that it was always and will always be a mixture of believers and unbelievers but because they all lived in the same land they could not go anywhere and they own uh, every square inch of the promised land that is the 12 tribes they have the same culture they have the same language they have the same currency they have the same uh, everything and because of all these similarities they were by nature by design because of the external circumstances and environment as a nation national identity they stay together regardless of the fact that some are believers and some are not but for the church god expected at least the majority of those who come to church or to be believers and thank god god gave to everyone who's truly born again the mind of christ whereby you want to promote christ i want to promote christ and since all of us want to promote christ the unity that we are told that we have one lord one god one faith one baptism that's what it means to have the mind of christ we are not to design our own unity we are to guard and protect that unity so that the fellowship that we have with one another would be blessed would be a blessing would be an encouragement where we can truly provoke one another unto love and good works and so Hebrews 10 tells us do not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some they have done so as a form of life and practice where they just don't want to assemble they just do, they are very basic and uh, now with Zoom it's even worse Reverend Joseph your pastor shared yeah, there had been a lot of silver linings during this pandemic but there were also sadly casualties People are now so comfortable worshipping by way of Zoom where they could just simply wake up 5-10 minutes before service They did not even have to bother to change out of their pyjamas They just sit in the living room and some of them just simply go through the motion of worship rather than worship and this time around it is not by force from the government, this is by their own personal design and that is tragic now we know that there are some who refuse to be vaccinated they could not come because the government said that you are not vaccinated these are vaccinated, designated activities and therefore you are not permitted to come we understand that those who were vaccinated, they had the first vaccination and then they had a severe reaction the government gave them a discount a discount in the sense that the MOH will issue them a letter a medical certificate saying that this person has a very very severe reaction even though this person is not vaccinated this person will still be permitted to attend worship together with all of us who are vaccinated but there are some who refuse to come, refuse to gather together and assemble together for fellowship, worship and mutual encouragement Why? One of the dangers, I believe, common danger is we hurt each other That's the danger, isn't it? and that's why i entitled this as the demand in watching you see we have been looking at watching and so far it is centered in the individual right we talk about the consequence trying to emphasize and drive home the importance of vigilance and diligence jesus wanted to emphasize that as part and parcel of one or two of the marks of a truly born again believer and then the Lord taught us how to do it with the manner of watching and to sustain our vigilance the Lord revealed to us the purpose in watching but then we need to know that we are to be our brothers and sisters keeper knowing the purpose of watching is not enough we must also understand how to overcome the challenges of our mistakes there will be hurts because of misunderstanding because of careless words because we step on each other's toes the more you fellowship together the chances of you hurting one another will increase exponentially you know when i look at my own life in church you know that every lord's day we have about a thousand people coming most of them i do not know most of them i probably will never hurt at all except from the pulpit but from the pulpit I do not mention names and so if I were to preach messages that rebuke and admonish since I do not mention names they will not be offended by me per se but then there will be those who would attend Bible studies and some of you might know that I conduct a lot of Bible studies almost every night I do not stay home I have Bible studies Monday night when I return on the 18th of July will be the beginning of FEPC So I have to teach on Monday night Tuesday we have our church Bible study and prayer meeting Wednesday I was told that one Bible study group that had been on hiatus because of the COVID they want to resume Thursday I have Bible study every night and because I'm here I have to apologize to them And so it is suspended until I return And Friday I have Bible study Every first, second, third, fourth, fifth Friday, except fifth Friday I have a break And Then Saturday usually one or sometimes two messages And then Sunday minimum three Sometimes four, sometimes five, sometimes six, sometimes seven Depending on uh, the occasion this is usually my weekly, monthly schedule And sometimes Wednesday afternoon, Thursday afternoon also Bible studies And FEPCs in the morning Tuesday morning, Wednesday morning, Friday morning And so the more I interact with people, those Bible studies where I interacting with church members What do you think will be the possibility and probability Stepping on each other's toes And so sad to say and sad to admit some have left the church because I did not behave myself properly on some occasion during Bible studies when they asked me questions I did not answer those questions in a manner that they appreciate because I spoke too loud and because I raised my voice which I didn't even know that I raised my voice and maybe because of a little bit of impatience that they may have seen or felt in my reply they got hurt and they left not only the Bible study but the church as a whole to my sadness and I don't even know or find out until after they have left and then through you know the grapevine I call it the grapevine of rumour this person who left will tell person A and person B and person C and finally it will reach my wife and then my wife will tell me (laughs) and then by the time I found out the person has really left for a few weeks and the person is not communicable and so you have to understand that when you watch you are to depend upon uh, one another in your watching in your growth in your battle in holding on to your Christian faith some families will be able to do it better than others and those who do not do better than others you need help Because we all need help in one time in our lives All of us do In one way or another Whether you are a pastor, an elder, a deacon or not We all need each other And God is the one who brought all of us together God brought you together in this particular church At this particular time For a particular purpose And therefore you have to guard your relationship So how do you see your relationship with one another is this something that is dispensable or do you have in your own heart a conviction and a determination that these are truly my brothers and sisters in Christ my eternal family that I'm going to live with forever and ever when we all arrive home in glory and God has assembled you together to give you a head start, as it were, before you meet each other and rejoice and celebrate your blessed and perfect fellowship in the glorious heaven itself, in the presence of Jesus and God the Father. God says, I want you to have a foretaste, as it were, on this earth. And so, please understand that wherever you came from, in whichever time or circumstances that may have resulted in you uprooting from your previous life, previous country to come over here. Do not uh, take God out of the equation. God was the one who brought you, God was the one who brought the other person and that other person and all of you at this particular time with your pastor, Reverend Joseph Poon. He was also brought here you look at his life and his history and he will share with you God's leading God's design and God's direction each and every one of you will have your own story and God was the one who brought all of you toward this crossroad and at this crossroad that junction there is a building called the BPCWA and if you were to know and study the history of this church you will be amazed why this church had not been sold off to somebody else this church I believe started through Dr To's sister who donated a large sum of money to buy this place and I believe if I'm wrong please correct me Mark was the first pastor of this church And then Peter Chung came along, my classmate in FEBC. One after another, one by one, they came, they look after a different generation. Some of you were not even born yet, you young people. Do not see your life as an accident floating around aimlessly and then suddenly we are all together by chance. There's no such thing as chance or accidents in a believer's life. Every moment of your life has been ordered and designed by your heavenly Father The good, the bad, the ugly are all permitted by God to shape you, to mold you to who you are today And God brought you together so that you will all continue to shape and mold each other's spiritual image Because the image of Jesus Christ must be seen as clearly as possible in all His children god's word is one of the major and most important instrument that god would use to chip away all our rough spots all our carnality so that our holiness in christ will appear sharper and brighter like you focus your camera but god also would use all of us one another in the process but because we are not perfect in chipping and removing your carnality and you removing mine and sometimes we may hurt one another and because of that hurt some of you will leave would you be convicted enough that the only reason why you would leave a local church is because of doctrine it's because this church begins to teach against Christ against the word of God against What is sound and biblical truth and therefore the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ is no more heard from this pulpit my sheep hears my voice and I am a sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ farewell and goodbye even though all my lifelong church friends and family friends that I have been associated with for 20-30 years they now cannot be the reason why I remain for the sake of Christ I have to say goodbye fine we understand we are not saying that you are loyal to this church because of humanity's reasons whatever it is each other one another because i came from a church that is such my wife left our church because it was infiltrated by charismatism we try our best to let the leaders know that this is dangerous they refused they took that side and they sanctioned me and they took away every ministry that i had in my previous church, even though I was studying in FEPC and I needed church service I talked to my brother-in-law, my wife's sister's husband they were in that church for ages, all their lives and so I had an opportunity to talk to him and explain to him why they cannot remain in this church He did not argue or debate I wish he would have argued and debated, you know, things like this Because when you argue and debate, you know that the word of God has hit home They are upset But he was indifferent He just listened and he just listened and sometimes he nodded his head And this kind of indifference is, to me, very dangerous That means he doesn't care And true enough, he remained He continued to remain for friendship and relationship the word of God is hardly preached in that church once in a while I would tune in and see what kind of preaching they had and then as true enough, their daughter wanted to marry a Roman Catholic I talked to her, explained to her if you marry a Roman Catholic, you go through with it your salvation will be in question how could you do it? of course, uncle and auntie's words are useless when it comes to parents' words if the parents say okay, who am I to say not okay? and so of course we did not attend their wedding we did not attend their wedding lunch what do you want us to say i'm going to tell my children you can't attend too they grew up with that niece they are of the same age slightly younger i said do not say anything on their facebook do not wish them well do not say anything bad just simply ignore it because if we were to attend what do you want us to say congratulations i can't say that you want me to rebuild it's their wedding i do not want to create a scene so the best is we cannot attend to give our consent or approval by our presence it was sad we are not saying that you be loyal to the church for loyalty this kind of blind loyalty is unbiblical it's wrong it's sinful it must be because of christ and if the church doesn't exercise discipline then their words here are just simply empty words then by all means we know of churches where the pastor will preach one thing from the pulpit to bring people in but privately he will tell them actually what I preach I don't believe now this was told to me by someone who left another church and came to Pandan that's how I found out and that's why he left because he said one thing from the pulpit but privately when they communicated with him and talked to him and asked him for clarification he says actually what I preach from the pulpit I don't believe myself and dangerous, two faced. But hurting one another, forgiving one another. Should it be, these be grounds for saying goodbye? I don't want to be this church anymore because you hurt me. Because my son is very badly hurt because your daughter broke up with him, or vice versa. Now, these are all realities. Would you now be upset and angry with that family because your son and your daughter are at odds? Or are you going to mend and do whatever it takes? That's why I describe this as the demand in watching because it is now watching in relation to one another. And these are the three Christian virtues. First, humility. Humility. Humility is so crucial and important that when Augustine was asked, what are the three most important Christian characteristics in a believer's life? Humility, humility, humility. Why? Spurgeon was very correct to say that of all the three sins that the Bible described, that every sinner possessed and every believer continues to possess the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, The most deadly of the three is the pride of life And then he illustrated Regarding the sin of the pride of life A person including a child of God Just before he breathed his last breath All he needed to do in his thought He didn't even have to say it out loud Even when he is in a coma Could not communicate with any people But he can still think He can still communicate with God The moment he thinks in his head What an amazing ministry I have accomplished for Jesus That's it And that's Breathe his last breath and die He can still commit that sin But the other two sins The lust of the flesh The lust of the eyes You and I know the nature of these two sins These two sins are only Very very deadly and potent to us If you are healthy Do you know that young people? When you are healthy you want wealth The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes Are only very potent in your life Very attractive Because you are healthy You are a sick person who is lying in bed 29 years old, young man But he is completely ill Hovering between life and death You think he still have the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes? When he is so sickly These two deadly Terrible, potent Nature of sin That we have Suddenly The moment you recover They come back Another way is You may be healthy And very, very much alive And very strong You may even be wealthy But if the world is devastated The world is no longer attractive Even though you are young And you are wealthy You won't won't want to have anything to do with it you know this nuclear plant in Japan, Fukushima, is, it what, is, is that what it's called? The property around that nuclear plant once upon a time was very very much wanted costly, very pricey because all the workers who work in that plant would want to buy those properties and live in those condominiums and beautifully designed bungalows. But the moment that tsunami hit, the nuclear plant was so badly devastated and damaged, that that surrounding area now became so worthless that nobody wants it. What happened? Once upon a time, everybody wanted it, those who work in that plant. But now, even if you give it to me, I don't want it you have health you have tons of money but the world in that part is now no longer appealing why do you think in the last days God will blow seven trumpet judgments to destroy one third of the world hoping that the world would open their eyes that this world that the devil always dangled in front of your eyes that had been so appealing actually is worthless It's useless. And you spend your time and your energy gathering more and more of the things of this world that is actually worthless. First, God destroyed one third, hoping that it will drive the people to Christ and away from the Antichrist. But sadly, the Bible says they didn't listen. They would rather bow down to idolatry. God was merciful. God kept their body, let them have health, Devastate the world so that the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes Will not have any more potency in controlling their spiritual greatness. So that they will turn to Christ Because God sent two witnesses doing miracles One of them, Elijah, to open their eyes after God raptured the church And then at the end of it, the vow judgment goes: I'm going to destroy the whole world this time hoping that more may come to know Christ. When the whole world is now become a place that is unlivable, all the oceans will be turned into blood, all the fresh water turned into blood, every green blade of grass will be burned and destroyed, the world will become so ugly, it's going to smell, you're going to choke in the fumes and the air, it will be freezing, it will be cold, it will be unlivable, hoping that the loss of the flesh, the loss of the eyes will not have any more pull, in your life toward the antichrist and his lies and his deception energized by the serpent the devil himself but you know they still reject why because the pride of life was still very very powerful the pride of life is not dependent upon your health and the ugliness and the nature of our surroundings you know that it's your accomplishments and because of this when you interact and share God says, in order for you not to allow any misunderstanding and hurt to ruin and destroy your brotherly love and your sisterly love for each other, humility is the key. And so the Lord says, likewise ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Now the word elder here in verse 1 of this chapter refers to the office of an elder. When you look at the context, no doubt. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness, where God will charge them to feed the flock and to take care of the congregation." But when it comes to the elder in verse 5, it is age rather than office. So to the younger, when you speak to someone older than you, speak with respect, with humility. And then the Bible went to the next level, and then uh, to one another, yea, all of you be subject one to another as well The word subject and the word submit, they are one and the same That means speak to one another with humility and clothe with humility Now that is what God wants In order for you not to allow any hurt, pain, misunderstanding no matter how painful no matter how harsh it may appear to you would you accept it and don't say i'd rather leave the church and allow this painful broken relationship to remain in your life so much so that even if you see this person or this family at the supermarket you ignore each other Now of course, if that person is an enemy of Christ, we understand Please don't have anything to do with such persons because the Bible has other passages teaching us how to handle enemies of Christ enemies of God, enemies of the Bible You don't even shake their hands I remember one uh, evening after Sunset Gospel Hour service Reverend Timothy Toh was speaking with me or I was speaking with him at the main entrance of Calvary Pandan Church and then there was this member of Kavri Pandan who was right in front where the piano was, and he walked all the way up to where Revento and I were standing. Revento was standing and I, we were talking just less than a foot apart. And then he came, and then he introduced himself, and then he talked, and then he stretched forth his hand to shake Revento's hand. I stood there, I observed, and I watched. And Revento was about to shake his hand. Hey, are you not the one who attacked the Bible and said the Bible has mistakes? I cannot shake your hand And Reverend Toll gave him a good rebuke And then sheepishly he walked away And I will never forget that incident And I'm sure Reverend Toll was also teaching me At the same time How to react and respond to such individuals Who openly attack God's word And say that the word of God has mistakes You just imagine so many other church members Who were hovering around Having their fellowship time after service They will be watching and we all know that this person, because he's extremely vocal, he even have a website attacking the perfect Bible And Reverend Toh was to shake his hand and just imagine what message Reverend Toh would be sending to so many people who would be watching And so, during the funeral of Reverend Toh and later on Dr Toh Some of these individuals who attacked the Bible, attack the perfect Bible they have no shame. They came for the vigil service and they were all held in Pandan Sanctuary. We only allow three of them Reverend To, Dr. To, and Mrs. To, Dr. To's wife, to have the vigil services in the sanctuary. We never had it before because we know that there will be hundreds of people who will be visiting and there is no place in Singapore that can accommodate hundreds of people and so during the video service there were really hundreds of people maybe a thousand, it was full and so we had these people who would come the immediate family members would be in front where the coffin was located we removed the lots of Supper table and the coffin was there I stood at the entrance as the pastor, that's it and then one of them came who attacked the word of God and he wanted to shake my hands. And there was a long queue And there were people inside I remember just a few feet away Was exactly that incident Reverend Toh refused to shake her hand And so I said, no, please I'm not going to shake your hand Move on He won't move He stood there, I stood there And the queue got longer and longer And it was pretty embarrassing I said, I'm not going to shake your hand You can stand here forever I'm not going to shake my hand Shake your hand And so after about five minutes plus He walked on That kind of separation, please, don't ever stop But when it comes to one another Personal hurt, personal pain Humility Would you submit yourself to the elder Whereby you speak kindly, respectfully to the elder Now this, I have to confess, I did not do very well I remember during session meetings and Board of Elders meeting I was extremely disrespectful to my elders now, now now, I'm at the age of elder Okay, How do I know that? Because the government gave me this card saying that I'm now a senior citizen, I get discount at <laughs> NTUC <laughs> So we are reminded and I take advantage of it right because when I buy groceries I get a few percent off right? so, Now I'm at that age, but when I was your age, in my thirties, in my forties In the session meeting, the elders, really not just elder, elder, but also in age Including Dr Toh, they will raise their voice and I raise mine It was, to my shame, a shouting match And it was bad It was awful And I still remember three new deacons Who just got elected and this was the inaugural session meeting and it was literally baptism by fire for them wow you mean session meeting is like this uh, shouting matches banging table it was awful we were putting on our boxing gloves and we were fighting literally of course we didn't hurt each other physically but it was bad and i am to be blamed because they were all older than me i did not handle myself well took my shame when it comes to doctrine i just push and push and push and i don't care who you are that's my problem and i will push and i will speak but now i must learn to speak kindly and gently to my elders but now there are very few elders Right, i'm older than quite a number of people sometimes i forget sometimes i still think i'm very young so much so that after some morning services some church members will introduce me to their parents and then usually i was taught when you address parents you call uncle and auntie <laughs> <laughs> and so after she hello uncle auntie then after they walk away and look at them i think i'm older than them <laughs> i forgot I, i'm no longer a kid and I hope that parents won't be offended who is this old man calling us uncles and aunties (laughs) showing respect so now there are very few older than me for me to practice this of course in my bible study that I've been teaching for nearly 30 years I cannot say I'm going getting old because all of them are older than me by many years this ladies' Bible study group And so when I say, I feel so old, I get scolded All of them will scold me All the mothers and aunties and grandmothers will scold me I'm the only guy there It's a ladies' Bible study And you know ladies, sometimes at the age, they don't mince words <laughs> And they will scold me I said oh, sorry, sorry, I should not have said that I should only say this to young people <laughs> So, be respectful Doesn't mean that you comply when they ask you to do something wrong but when you talk to them, people older than you show respect. Now, I do not know what your upbringing is, young people, in terms of your culture. right? Asian culture will have certain culture. You watch Koreans, Koreans, they like to bow. right? You know that the lower they bow, the more respectful they are toward that person that they're bowing toward, right? So many of our Korean students, they like to bow to us because we are teacher and so this student-teacher relationship to them based upon their Korean culture they are very respectful sometimes to the point of I can't even describe it because when we went to Korea to have a holiday and so we contacted some of them they were so happy that we contacted them and they brought us out because I don't speak Korean And you know you don't speak Korean, literally you you have to use sign language to even order your food Because everything is in Korean They want to pay for everything They rented a vehicle, they don't want us to pay them anything And if you were to pay them something to them, it is an insult They find it an honour and a privilege to look after their teacher They are beholden to their teacher who taught them 3-4 years of their lives in theology they're very grateful of course at the end of our trip we give them a big angpao. to show thank you that one they have to accept but along the way the meals that they provided for us they drove us from point A to point B spending the whole day with us stopping dropping whatever they were doing to look after us it was so appreciative culture now I do not know whether when you are living here have what is Australian culture toward the elderly? you are about. No. What do y'all do? Okay, I understand. Nothing. <laughs> no reaction. So nothing. That's not so good, isn't it? Right? I mean, how do you want your children to behave? Now for us, growing up, straight away we come home from school, we are supposed to call out all those who are older than us. Mom, Dad, I'm home. Uncles, aunties, if they are there, uncle, auntie that's the minimum we have to call them do you teach your children that when they come home from school if you have your pastor or others who are now visiting in your home and then your children step in from school do you teach them to address and before they eat their meals they have to say mom jack dad jack is in chinese to eat now. do you say that you have no culture <laughs> You know, culture there's no kind of culture to show some form of respect. Zero? That is dangerous, isn't it? Because when you talk to a person, then how do you show respect, humility to someone that you're talking to who is older than you? He's older than you, why? Why did the Lord say, those who are older than you, you submit yourselves? Because there is a reason why God did not take their life. God allowed them to remain on earth and allow them who have seen more of life to interact with your life. They have seen the good, the bad, the ugly. They have made mistakes. They have been a blessing. They have done good and bad. Learn from them so that you will make fewer mistakes. That's why the Lord says, submit yourself to them. They know what they are saying. They have seen enough, you know there's a saying right they have eaten more salt than you have eaten rice in a way it is true in a way it is true because if you don't listen and learn from their mistakes and how they were encouraged by the lord when they went through this particular trial you're going to make the same mistakes as they did which you don't need to if you were to listen to their advice you will minimize the mistakes Ask some of these parents who have teenage children And now your children are young You ask them, can you please share with me? You observe their children And they have good, godly children You ask them, please tell me What did you do? How do you spend time? What kind of home environment did you provide for your children? So that now they are teenagers They love the Lord and they are godly Can you please share with me? Or you want to just simply aim in the dark? hoping that by what you are doing right now hopefully your son, your daughter if the Lord tarries 10, 15 years from now they're going to be like these godly teenagers or would you rather ask them and they will share with you what are the things that they have done they'll share with you the mistakes so that you can avoid the mistakes and imitate all the good godly advice it's there waiting for you to ask that's why God says the elderly you submit, submit means be teachable learn from them because young people sometimes they don't like to learn from the elderly they become impatient especially children with parents why are children why are sons and daughters impatient with parents i do not know why i mean i i i I can explain to you why because i was like that to my mom i remember my mom asked me this, asked me that. When are you coming home for dinner? Mom, don't ask me, lah, Mom, why you keep asking me? I was a grown man I'm working as an architect already. But don't ask I don't like my independence to be questioned. But mom is just simply concerned. She just wants to make sure whether I'm coming home for dinner so that she could prepare me a nice home cooked meal. Because she knows that if you're working, you are eating food outside for lunch. If you're coming home, I'd like to cook for you a nice dinner that's why she asked but i got upset because i felt that my independence was being questioned or challenged you see foolish impatient you know there was one incident where two families in church they were close and then this couple during mealtime after sunset they were having dinner together and they were sharing well your son when huh? he came to our house huh? wow, well, so patient you know when we have this computer problem, he sat there He taught me how to do you know, step by step Was wow, so wonderful You've got a very good son Then the parent looked at them Are you sure you're talking about my son? <laughs> because when he taught us at home in computer Don't ask me, don't ask me, I'm finished Why is it that with stranger, they are so patient with mom and dad who fed them, paid for all their school fees When they were sick, mom and dad sacrificed sleep They should be the one who should receive that kind of patience from the child, isn't it? Don't you agree? After devoted so much of their life, their energy and their time And what did they get? Impatience Don't why come you so slow But now, with strangers step-by-step it's okay it's okay auntie it's okay come i'll show you again auntie you No, know, this is mom you know <laughs> that is why it is so important for you to submit yourselves always when you talk to an elderly there is so much to learn from them but you can't if you do not approach that relationship with a teachable heart submit yourselves means We teach about, I know I don't know a lot when I talk to you. That is what it means to submit yourself, isn't it? When you approach a person, submit yourself means in your own heart. You have to have this attitude. That I know in life, I am so much younger. I have so much more to look forward to. And I know the life in this world is dangerous and deadly. Bringing up children, working life, everything is so dangerous. Can you please invite me, share with me how you have travelled? I'm going to travel in the same pathway but you are now way ahead of me in the same pathway of family life, of working life, of whatever life, church life as well Can you please share with me some of the struggles, some of the blessings, some of the difficulties and challenges But you cannot have all these questions if you do not approach your elderly with a submissive, teachable heart And then with each other, the Lord says Subject to one another That means even with your peers People of the same age group You also relate to one another Do not do so from a perspective of a corrector You know a corrector? A corrector is someone who finds folks with everybody He wants to correct everyone You talk to the person The person says Actually, uh, you know, your grammar is not so good, you know you know, your pronunciation is wrong here There is a corrector Correct, correct, correct The Lord says, no, you subject one to another I'm not saying that you know, the wife should not correct the husband Please, wives must continue to correct your husband So the husband can improve and be better Likewise, vice versa But with one another, learn to submit to one another That means if you correct me, thank you very much, I want to listen I was thinking, you know, know, when you write something wrong or you did something wrong, there's this correcting tape, right? You just put over it. But do you know that a correcting tape has no correcting tape to correct the correcting tape? (laughs) Do you know that? So a person who goes around correcting people, he doesn't like to be corrected. But he likes to correct everybody. Do you know that? And that is most of our problem. We like to correct people, but we don't like people to correct us you know, when I teach homiletics, the art of preaching I correct the preachers, the students, the teachers I mean, all those who preachers I tell them And even today, I will correct and help the preachers to improve in their preaching But one thing I also realize That when others correct me I struggle to accept their correction You can ask my wife, my wife will tell you she corrects me how to pronounce this word properly, how to pronounce that word properly, and so on. I struggle to accept. Why is it that the corrector loves to correct others, but he struggle to be corrected? Pride, Ego. I think I know better. And that's why the Lord says, submit or subject one to another. Be very, very gracious in correcting, but also be ever humble to be corrected. That's why the Lord tells us, when you judge one another, before you correct another person, what should you do? Before you take the mote out of your brother's eye, you should take the beam out of your own eye In other words, always help one another with the attitude of humility and compassion because you are now helping someone who has made a mistake But never forget that you are not helping someone who has made a mistake from a position of perfection as if you have never made a mistake before in your life we all have made mistakes in our own life and God says when you make your own mistakes please understand that your own mistake is much much bigger in your own eye than the mistake that that brother has made in your eyes that you are now trying to correct and when you do that with that attitude you will always do so with humility with patience, with gentleness with love but if you want to correct someone from the pedestal of holiness and self-righteousness you're going to talk down to people you're going to be proud and arrogant and you're going to hurt yourself and the person will reject because the person will know that you're not actually correcting me to help me improve and be a better believer you are correcting me to make me feel small and you make yourself feel good Because you want to talk down to me I won't listen That's why the Lord has taught us Take the beam out of your own eye Before you attempt to take the moat. Jesus did not say don't take the mote out He says please take your beam first Before you take the moat. Please also take the moat. That's why the Lord here says Subject one to another And always and never take off The garment of humility Don't ever take it off But when did God give it to us? You and I know that when a person is born into this world because of the pride of life He doesn't have any ounce of humility The humility that is in the world out there is not the humility that you find in the Bible The humility that you find in the Bible is part and parcel of the fruit of the Holy Spirit And so when did we receive from God this garment of humility? You received it the moment you accepted Christ as Lord and as Savior, and that garment of humility has a different name in Philippians chapter 2. It is known as the mind of Christ. Because in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus Christ helped the Apostle Paul by inspiration to deal with some church problems. Because there were certain individuals in the church in Philippi, they found out that Paul was now in prison and Paul had been so famous preaching the gospel from city to city and now they were very envious and jealous of his fame and now they said well now Paul was in prison we will now take over and preach the gospel so that we now can be famous and take over Paul's fame and so in Philippians chapter 1 Paul clarified as long as the gospel is preached I rejoice I'm not in any competition with any one of you As long as the gospel is preached, I rejoice And then in chapter 2, he dealt with the wrong motive And he says, you all need to have the mind of Christ And what was the mind of Christ explained to us? The humility of Christ He came down from heaven And he came down to earth not as the king Though he was the king But he became a man What kind of man? A servant What kind of servant? A slave What kind of slave? A slave that was not only a slave in his lifetime, but a slave all the way until his death. That's Jesus' example of humility that we must follow and emulate. Because very often you will say, well that person is so proud, I cannot be humble. Jesus says, your pattern and your example for the exercise of humility is Jesus Christ. Not that person, not this person That person may not deserve your humility But Jesus, does He not deserve your humility? In other words, do it for Jesus' sake The garment of humility was given to you by your Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ Who Himself was humble Jesus Christ did not give us the garment of humility seated all the way on His throne Which He could have But then it will not be backed up by the evidence of his own personal humility by coming down from heaven to become a sacrifice for you and for me which he did and that is the garment of humility that you must never never take off that means do it for jesus sake you know husband is the head of the house and because he is the head of the house it is so easy for pride to be the firm foundation in his heart And so when husbands and wives have misunderstandings and quarrels, husbands, please realize and understand that the spiritual well-being in the home is your charge, your responsibility. Which means you must always, always, always make the first move and go up to your wife and to your children and reconcile. If need be, apologize. Don't you ever, ever dare to say, to someone who is counselling you why must I always be the one to make the first move to apologise because number one you are the head of the house the spiritual well-being of the home is your responsibility and now because of the misunderstanding the quarrel there is no peace in the home and you are the one in charge to make sure that the peace returns which means you have to always make the first move to initiate the reconciliation and if you have done wrong whether it is 1% wrong you still need to say I am so sorry right well you may want to be very very wooden and literal 1% say sorry softer alright 90% wrong say it louder and accompany your apology with chocolate Okay But still got to say sorry You still got to make the first move But why must I be the first You want to say that to the Lord Jesus Christ Why must you come down from heaven To die on the cross for my sins Were you already a child of God When Jesus did that Or were you still an enemy of God And a sinner through and through You want to argue about humility Jesus says you look at me I did all this for you and all I expect from you to be the head of the house So that you can provide a godly environment for your children's salvation Swallow your pride and make good And don't ever take off the garment of humility Because if you take it off Know that God will resist the proud God will be against you God will oppose you But He will give grace to the humble He will give you the grace to do it he will give you the grace to do it because when you say i'm so sorry dear please forgive me i have hurt you i am sorry please forgive me peace will come god will touch and soften the heart of your wife your children whoever that you have hurt and then reconciliation will return and then peace will return isn't that worth it do you know peace in the home that you can have in jesus christ is priceless and you want to surrender and give it up because of what? Your pride? Your pride. Your pride is what? You, your face. Did Jesus Christ not tell us, in order for me to be his disciple, I have to what? Deny myself. I no longer exist. You know what the meaning of deny yourself means? I no longer exist. I am just a nobody. I am lower than the dirt under everybody's sandal. That's how you must never forget who you are That's exactly who we are Don't ever forget that We are totally depraved, we are sinners We are chief of sinners And then God saved you God make us His children God make us heirs and co-heirs with Jesus Christ one day We are going to be inheritors of the new heaven and new earth And all God wants from you is Put on the garment of humility when you relate to one another begin with your own home then begin with the church friends brothers and sisters in Christ so that you can watch and protect each other's faith together together but then I will always be the loser you know in the workplace how should i show humility with my colleagues all the more the sinners need to see the humility of christ in your life in the case of fellow believers it is to strengthen their faith heal the bond that you have in christ the unity that you have in christ but to the world out there they need to see christ what do you think the lord tells us when they slap you you turn the other cheek isn't that humility when they revile you you pray for them isn't that humility When they ask you to go one mile which was the roman law you go two miles isn't that humility why so that they can see christ in you so that they can see christ how because when you share the gospel with them how the son of god the creator of heaven and earth come down from heaven to become flesh and blood to become a man to become a servant to die for you isn't that the epitome of humility and so before they hear the gospel to understand the humility of the Son of God they have seen the humility of the Son of God in your life that's why it is so important but then I will lose, what will you lose? I may lose my promotion, I may lose the accolades of the world I may lose my bonus, I may lose money you call that loss? how can you lose rubbish? You know this whole world is reserved for destruction by fire. And where do you throw your bin? When they collect your bin with all the refuse, they put it into the dump. Nobody wants anything in the rubbish dump. And when the Lord says the whole world is reserved for destruction by fire, basically the Lord is telling us this whole earth is actually one ground, gigantic rubbish dump. And I'm going to burn it with fire. And now you want some of it? And because you want some of it, you rather hold on to your pride And you do not want to demonstrate the virtue of humility to your colleagues Is that wise? Or is that foolish? And that's why the Lord says, you trust me You trust me, I know what I'm doing when I ask you to put on the garment of humility And so the Lord says in verse 6 and verse 7 Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God That He may exalt you in due time When the Lord wants to promote you He will know you are ready to receive the promotion Without ruining your holy testimony You go ahead of the Lord And you want to promote yourself You'll probably succeed because you are clever But then it will ruin you You're going to be so carnal You're going to be what the Bible describes Backslide Don't let that happen Because backsliding is a very serious sin Because when you backslide Many people will slide down with you The people who are impacted by you The most amount of time Will be the worst hit by your backsliding, and that will be your children. You want to sacrifice your children's salvation and send them to hell because of carnality? Then you go ahead and do it. But you must know your answer to God one day. And I pray you won't even entertain that horrible idea. But for Jesus' sake, trust in the Lord when He will exalt you in due time. When you study the life of a young dreamer called Joseph in the book of Genesis I love the book of Genesis Taught it many, many times And every time I teach it, I learn new things He was put into slavery by his own brothers at the age of 17 He was promoted to prime ministership at the age of 30 13 years! Why did God take 13 years to promote this young man? Was it because God was not powerful enough? No, definitely not The reason why God did not promote Joseph to the position of the second most powerful man in Egypt was because Joseph was not ready To put him there and give him so much power was easy for God to do But it was so difficult for Joseph to handle that kind of power And God had to prep him and prepare him so that when he rises to that position of power, he will not be ruined by it and become corrupt and become a backslider and become a bad testimony for Christ. And so God had to train him. How many years he was a slave before he was cast into prison, we do not know. But we know that he was in prison for at least two more years after God revealed to his fellow prisoners the butler and the baker the two dreams one dream each because after that when the dream was fulfilled the baker was hung the butler was returned back to office two years later then Joseph was released so God had to teach this young man who was so well treated in his own home by his papa Jacob gave him a coat of many colors And so from that beautiful, wonderful home of safety, he was plunged into a life of slavery. And so in that slavery environment, away from home, 17-year-old young man, the Bible tells us God was with him. And so he began to learn and experience the presence of God in his life that he had never experienced before, that would have been impossible for him to experience if he were at home, protected by Papa. And so while he was there, The lord was with him and something happened because the head of that home who bought him potiphar he said the lord was with him that means joseph must have testified that compared to all the slaves my lord is jehovah all the slaves will have their own gods and so when he looked at his life he was so trustworthy that Potiphar would entrust everything to him that he owned, and the only thing that he saw that was his was the meals that were on the table. He never had to check on, he never encountered a slave like that. So trustworthy, so diligent, so amazing. And then the wife had to ruin it all. And the wife, you know the story, and the Ortafah was so angry, the Bible didn't say angry with whom? I believe he was angry with the wife and not with Joseph And the reason? Because the wife said this slave attacked me and wanted to hurt me physically, right? Now if he believed the wife, you think Joseph would still be alive? You are a slave, I can kill you and I will be free man Slave has no right even to their own lives and that's why the Bible says he's angry because of you, and you're my wife, and you make such accusation, and you make it known to everybody. i got no choice but to get rid of this young man whom I have trusted. He was priceless. I never met this kind of state before. Now I've got to lose him because of you. That's why he was angry. And then when he put him, he put him in Pharaoh's prison. Not the common prison. The common prison is where you put criminals. Pharaoh's prison means this was the prison that Pharaoh himself would put all his servants who are not criminals i don't like your cooking go to prison i don't like the way you iron my princely garment go to prison not that kind of prison and you think that was by chance no god wanted to introduce joseph to pharaoh and what better way but than to use pharaoh's servants who now have direct contact with pharaoh and that's how joseph was promoted see god had everything planned watching waiting preparing 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 joseph while bringing him lower and lower from slavery what is worse than a slave a prisoner humble him humble him humble him further until he was at the very bottom and then promote him exalt him in due time what due time the time when god knows you can handle the promotion You see how amazing your heavenly Father. You think he will shortchange you? God is no man's debtor. And so when Joseph was promoted, you know his behavior and conduct, his testimony was without blemish to teach us. You know, there are some people who say that, well, today you cannot be a politician and be a godly Christian. Then the Lord says, you study the Bible Did I not reveal to you two amazing politicians in the Bible and I did not even record a single blemish in their testimony for me? Joseph and Daniel. Do you know that? No blemish and both of them were politicians at the highest order. So please don't you ever dare say that if you want to be a politician today, you cannot be godly it's a matter of whether you have faith to trust god to be godly because god made them so indispensable in their skill in the case of joseph the economy of egypt in the case of daniel his wisdom to advise the king they were indispensable god can make you so indispensable to the government so that they will tolerate your christianity just as they tolerated and accepted joseph and daniel's Faith in Christ The question is Whether you have the faith To believe That God can make you A godly politician or not In due time God knows What is best for you All the time And that's why he says You're going to trust him You may not trust The people around you Implicitly 100% But you must trust Your sovereign heavenly father Who always watches you And so if you are asked to humble yourself where you appear to have sacrificed so much and let people take advantage of you and be the doormat to everyone it's okay because jesus was he not a doormat for you to stomp on when he died on the cross for you he suffered the pain the shame the humiliation they crucified him naked we didn't have to go through not even one tiny percent of all that jesus had to endure in his humility for me for you for us and now he asks us to Be humble for Jesus' sake Is that too much to ask By our Saviour? That's why I put this A demand in watching Because watching is not You watching on an island You are watching with fellow Brothers and sisters in Christ Who are also watching And because we are all watching together The danger is We are going to hurt one another And that's why this passage Is to protect us so that even when we hurt one another, we know how to fix it and repair it for Jesus' sake. By the blood of Christ, wash away all our sins. And casting all your care upon Him because He careth for you. Now the word care there means all the destructions and all the burdens. You cast it to Him. All your concerns, you cast it to Him because He cares for you. He is very concerned for you. You are His child. Why would He not be? You were once his enemy When he first loved you Now that you have become Sons and daughters Of your heavenly father what would he ever stop loving you? He will never He will always give you the very best You and I know how we want to give The very best to our children Even though we are far from perfect But our heavenly father is perfect He is omnipotent He can always and will always Give the very best to his children And please don't ever measure The best in terms of Dollars and cents and carnal things. The best will always be spiritual because all spiritual things are eternal. All carnal things are temporal. Why would your heavenly father give you temporal things when he could very well bless you with eternal things? So please do not measure in terms of dollars and cents and carnality. Oh, if I do this, do that, I will surely get a promotion in the job. No! In the case of Joseph, yes. In the case of Daniel, yes. Because that was their calling. That was what God wanted them to be and where they ought to be but they are lessons for us to learn that when God, if He ever to promote you and if He so chooses to do so He knows that you're able to handle it because with every promotion there will be new trials, new challenges, new pressures and stop indulging in self-pity you're going to trust Him and be courageous, don't compromise don't you ever compromise You have been a faithful witness at this level as an employee and as you get promoted higher and higher, now you're going to rub shoulders with the powerful people on top and sometimes you're scared of them. You when you are just an employee with your fellow colleagues, it's so easy to testify for Christ when they are your peers and some of them are your junior. But then as you get older and older and get promoted more and more and now you are eating lunches and fellowshipping with people who are way up there with powerful money and connection. And now you become more fearful, right? And all the more, you must continue to shine faithfully for Christ in humility, continue to bear a holy testimony regardless. They are just sinners saved by grace, whether they are CEO or whatever they are, doesn't matter, they are still sinners saved by grace in need of the Saviour. So be a holy witness, trust in the Lord. He cares for you, cast all your burdens to Him. Whatever you think that you may have lost, whatever advantages you think they might have over you, trust Him. He cares for you. He knows. And as you endure, as you suffer, the Lord knows what He's doing for you. Look at David, the same thing. He was hunted and hunted and hunted like an animal. Worse than an animal. And then in due time, at the age of 30, God promoted him and he became the next king of Judah and then Israel. At the right time, when David was able to cope, Why do you think God did not want to use Moses when he turned 40? He was full of self-confidence. And then God took the next 40 years of his life when he was 80 to destroy every ounce of his self-confidence. And that's when God says, now my servant is ready. And he called him and Moses' first complaint to the Lord was, God said, you go to Pharaoh and you tell, let my people go. But who am I Lord? That's correct Now you understand Moses 40 years ago you thought who you are with all your high connections as the son of Pharaoh's daughter you could lead my people out I can't use a servant like that It's who I am that you must always approach Pharaoh Jehovah Not Moses And that must always be your approach to humility Your trust in God It's who Jesus is That must be the forefront of your mindset and thinking whenever you go out of your home to serve the Lord When you relate to one another, for Jesus' sake, submit to one another Trust Him, He knows what's happening because you are not alone The devil is always there waiting and watching Verse 8 and verse 9, the demand of resistance Be sober, be vigilant You know, all the passages that are found here for our exhortation has the word watch But this passage doesn't seem to have the word watch That's because the Greek word is not translated using the English word watch But the word vigilant here Alright, it's the same Greek word, be sober, be watchful in other words Because your adversary, your adversary, bear in mind your adversary Sure he is always an adversary to God But here in this context, God says because you are my soldiers, you are my children, you are my servants He becomes your adversary too Before your salvation, He was not your adversary He was your God, your father, the father, the devil Remember the enemies of Christ, Jesus Christ. You are of your father, the devil But now that you have been saved by the Lord Jesus Christ You have become the child of God You have changed sides You have changed to the sight of God You think the devil will just simply sit there and pillow his thumb and do nothing to you? You were once wearing the garment of sin and carnality, the garment that the devil gave to you Now the Lord has given to you the garment of righteousness, including the garment of humility The devil will now target you And so the Lord says, be sober, same word, abstain from wine be clear-minded, same as the passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you remember. Be vigilant, be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, the slanderer. The word devil means slanderer. Satan means someone who will put stumbling block in your footpath. That's adversary. So he will put obstacle, he will slander you like a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. All right, let me ask you a question. Is there any domain on earth That the devil is so afraid of Is so respectful of That he will not enter You think Any domain on earth Now you and I have been told That outside of the church Is the devil's domain Inside the church Is supposed to be jesus domain where every ministry is ruled and organized by the word of god right out there is organized by the word of the devil the ideas of the devil the philosophies of the devil but inside the church you think the devil will come into the church this is supposed to be god's domain you think he will be so respectful that this is god's domain oh i better don't come in you know that is not true right he comes in and the bible tells us he even sent in what wolves in sheep's clothing true Ah, wolves in sheep's clothing and already shared with you that there are some churches that will deliberately send their members and they will fully fund them to penetrate and infiltrate churches and one of the best ways is send them into Bible colleges that these churches would support FEBC and so we had a family from Korea studying in FEBC sent by one of these dangerous cultic churches the agenda graduate from febc so that any bp church blindly will accept them because well graduate of febc must be good and so the moment they come in and they will be put into positions of leadership because the moment they come in they become preachers they will sit in the session and then once they are ordained and become pastors the true colors come out it's too late they already caught the church now that is the purpose and agenda they have done it many times before successfully thank god one of the other bp not people, but Korean students recognize the church that this person came from. Warn us, and so we have been keeping an eye on this family for some time. We have to teach them. God's hoping that the word of God will convict and convert. After a year, the person packed his bag and he left with his family. They are real wolves in sheep's clothing. You think they will not come into BBCWA? They had come into F- uh, BBCWA, and you think they have stopped? No. As long as you do not do God's work, the devil leaves you alone. The more you want to do God's work, the more you want to make this house of God a holy, wonderful place where sinners come in and find salvation, where children of God come in, can grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, the devil will sow his test. And he will try his best to ruin you. He's watching like a roaring lion waiting to pounce. Anytime, the more you are not least expecting he comes that's why the government of humility is there another domain that is so sacred that the devil dare not enter your mind can he he, he dare to enter your mind and your heart you remember what Jesus said to Peter when Peter was told by the Lord all the disciples were told by the Lord I'm going to leave you soon I'm going to go back home to my heavenly father and how will you leave us I'm going to be arrested and I'm going to be crucified and I'm going to die (gasps) You mean all these three plus years of peace and safety and joy that we have been experiencing on this earth with you present with us that we have never experienced before, it's all going to stop? You know how wonderful it was for them to obey the Lord Jesus Christ and not one hair on their head was touched. When they obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus was there for the enemy of Christ to confront And so the disciples were so safe Jesus said, go to the field and pluck and eat They plucked and they eat Oh, you broke the Sabbath Because you cannot take so much Only a few grain and that's it But you took so much, a handful, two handful Because they were hungry They broke the Sabbath The Pharisees came, the Sadducees came, the priests came to confront who? Not the disciples, the Master And the master dealt with them, answered them And all of them were saved One problem after another Jesus was on earth to shield them completely from every hurt and harm And now he's leaving like a sheep without a shepherd And big mouth Peter, first thing he said without thinking Please don't go Lord Straight away Jesus now have to choose Obey the Father's will or the will of this beloved disciple Get it behind me! What? Peter, no, Satan Peter just did the will of Satan By his own selfish heart There is no domain Please understand That the devil is so frightened That he dare not Be a roaring lion We are not saying that you are demon possessed We are not saying that Peter was demon possessed In other words We all by our selfish desire Can do the will of the devil Even as we are children of God That's what that record of Peter's blunder teach us. Just because you're a child of God doesn't mean that you cannot become a pawn of the devil doing the devil's work. That's why apologize when you hurt one another and there will be hurt and pain. If your son and your daughter quarrel and cannot get along, please parents, do not quarrel. Help them reconcile. Don't leave. Help them reconcile by the blood of Christ. Talk to them separately and then talk to them together. Help them. Help one another. Don't become a pawn and a tool of the devil. And don't gossip and murmur. You are doing the work of the devil when you do that. Please, why do you, as children of God, wearing the garment, the uniform of your King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, be a spy for the devil and do the devil's work in Jesus' soldiers' garment? Why would you do that? That's why you're going to be very, very mindful and careful. The demand is, resist the devil, whom resists steadfast in the faith. Remain steadfast in your faith and resist him, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. All of us face the same challenge from this devil. Generation to generation, the devil just simply remained there as a roaring lion. And he continues. That's why you have to resist. You know, the Bible says, flee youthful lust, right? When it comes to youthful lust, oh, run far away like young Joseph. The moment Potiphar's wife wanted to grab him, he fled. And that's what you must do. Why? Have you ever asked yourself why? Why can't I flee from the devil and resist youthful uh, youthful lust? Why? Because lust, you can't resist, you will succumb. The way to deal with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes is to run. Stay far away The moment you stand there ah, should I should I not You're done You're finished You sure lose That's why Just run You go on your business trip You enter into your hotel room And then You look into the people A beautiful woman Standing there in front And you're all alone You unpack your bag You took out a big photo of your wife Which your wife gave to you you remind me, I'm, I'm here and Then tong, tong, you look huh? Then you went to the bedside table With a big photo of your wife You close it down Open the door Yes, can I help you? Finish Finish You don't even open the door You just go down your knees And pray tong, 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 tong. Don't stop You pray until the, knock stop. the knocking stop You go into the hotel room You open the door A woman rush in Start undressing What do you do? What do you do? Run, you are right. Run down to the reception. Hey, there's a strange woman in this room. You don't go in and close the door. Yes? What are you doing? What you close the door and ask what you are doing? Are you foolish? Run. But with the devil, you resist. Because to resist the devil is not in itself a sin. When it comes to such lust, you and I know you lust of the woman in your heart, you already committed adultery. That's why you flee. But in the case of the devil, you resist him Because to resist him, he can only tempt you and tempt you But he cannot force you to succumb The moment you succumb, you can't even blame him You know that Eve blamed the devil, right? The serpent But did God not punish Eve as well? Did God accept her pointing of fingers? No The devil can dangle whatever he wants in front of your face You don't have to bite the moment you stretch forth your head Open your mouth and bite It's your responsibility It's your fault That's why you're going to resist Don't go near Close your mouth Don't bite into the forbidden fruit Fine and simple The moment you open and bite You are now a sinner Can't blame the tempter He can only tempt He cannot force you to succumb The moment you succumb Don't point fingers The moment you point fingers, then you know that you have not really repented. When David was convicted by Nathan that you have sinned, what was David's response? I have sinned. That's it. No excuse, nothing. I have sinned. And then he bore the consequence. King Saul, he transgressed. He blamed, blamed, blamed everybody until the judgment came. Then he said, I am sorry, God. The judgment had already been passed. Now you are sorry? His repentance was false. False. Rejected Because he blamed God Blamed Samuel Blamed everybody except himself Don't ever do that We know we make mistakes But Make sure That you have The heart of Christ To admit it Bear the consequence Apologize And don't ever make those big blunders Where the consequences are so devastating That it will ruin your testimony For the rest of your life Three Reasons why we must keep watching I put it under demand so that your watch, you are not on an island Your watching depends on other people's watching as well You have to help one another to watch in victory Humility is the key Trust in God is another key And then you've got to resist because the devil is always there watching and waiting to see her stumble And that's why the demand in watching to protect one another so that you can all watch together in victory depends on these three God-given warnings Have humility, put it on, don't take it off Trust in your heavenly Father who will exalt you in due time He knows you He knows you best And then the devil is our real enemy the moment you become a christian you are now a spiritual person and every encounter you have you no longer wrestle against flesh and blood please understand this you will stop wrestling against flesh and blood but now principalities and powers in high places so when a sister or brother is upset and angry with you see beyond the person's face this is now a spiritual battle if i don't forgive the devil wins if i forgive the lord wins and i win with the lord your choice but that person's face you must see beyond the person's face and see the spiritual battle that you are in it's real and what the devil wants is for you to have a broken relationship either you go or the person go and you know in perth where can the person go for worship pray tell where is there another sound biblical church somewhere nearby no and so when the person leaves it's basically as good as handing the person into the world whereby the rest of his life if the person is truly born again he will be found in heaven but the rest of his life as a testimony for Christ is now completely over do you want that to happen to that brother or sister and all because what? you refuse to say sorry or accept his apology for Jesus sake not only must you guard your own holiness in watching You must guard the holiness in your brother and your sister, in their watching. And to do that, humility is the ingredient that will help you to succeed for God's glory. Let us pray.